Welcome to the Urban Guru Cafe. The Chinese third patriarch of Chan, or Zen, Chianzi Senkan, Chien Chei Seng San. One of the most profound non-duality texts of any time was reportedly written by this man. It seems fitting that there is so little known of him, and in the context of the text, it doesn't matter who actually wrote it. The text is titled He Sing Ming, from around 600 AD. The first half of this text will be presented in this program and the second half in the following program. not difficult for those who have no preferences. When love and hate are both absent, everything becomes clear and undisguised. Make the smallest distinction, however, and heaven and earth are set infinitely apart. If you wish to see the truth, then hold no opinions for or against anything. To set up what you like against what you dislike is the disease of the mind. When the deep meaning of things is not understood, the mind's essential peace is disturbed to no avail. The way is perfect like vast space where nothing is lacking and nothing is in excess. Indeed, it is due to our choosing to accept or reject that we do not see the true nature of things. Live neither in the entanglements of outer things nor in inner feelings of emptiness. Be serene in the oneness of things. And such erroneous views will disappear by themselves. When you try to stop activity to achieve passivity, your very effort fills you with activity. As long as you remain in one extreme or the other, you will never know oneness. 
Those who do not live in the single way fail in both activity and passivity, assertion and denial. To deny the reality of things is to miss their reality. To assert the emptiness of things is to miss their reality. The more you talk and think about it, the further astray you wander from the truth. Stop talking and thinking, and there is nothing you will not be able to know. Turn to the root is to find the meaning, but to pursue appearances is to miss the source. At the moment of inner enlightenment, there is going beyond appearance and emptiness. The changes that appear to occur in the empty world, we call real only because of our ignorance. Do not search for the truth. Only cease to cherish opinions. Do not remain in the dualistic state. Avoid such pursuits carefully. There is even a trace of this and that, of right and wrong. The mind essence will be lost in confusion. Although all dualities come from the One, do not be attached even to this One. When the mind exists undisturbed in the way, nothing in the world can offend. And when a thing can no longer offend, it ceases to exist in the old way. When no discriminating thoughts arise, the old mind ceases to exist. When thought objects vanish, the thinking subject vanishes. As when the mind vanishes, objects vanish. Things are objects because of the subject, mind. The mind, subject, is such because of things, object. Understand the relativity of these two, and the basic reality, the unity of emptiness. In this emptiness, the two are indistinguishable. And each contains in itself the whole world. 
If you do not discriminate between coarse and fine, you will not be tempted to prejudice and opinion. To live in the great way is neither easy nor difficult. But those with limited views are fearful and irresolute. The faster they hurry, the slower they go. And clinging, attachment, cannot be limited. Even to be attached to the idea of enlightenment is to go astray. Just let things be in their own way and there will be neither coming nor going. Obey the nature of things, your own nature, and you will walk freely and undisturbed. When thought is in bondage, the truth is hidden, for everything is murky and unclear, and the burdensome practice of judging brings annoyance and weariness. What benefit can be derived from distinctions and separation? Part two of this remarkable text will appear in the next program. Following in the same vein, let's now visit Bob Adamson. And then Sing Ming says, the great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. When love and hate are both absent, everything is clear and undisguised. Make the smallest distinction, however, and heaven and earth are set infinitely apart. So they're talking about the pairs of opposites with love and hate, not just love and hate, they're talking about the pairs of opposites in general. The nature of the mind seemingly divides. And that's all that the concepts of words are. They're either in interrelated pairs of opposites, good, bad, pleasant, peaceful, happy, sad, past, future. Without those 
opposites, everything becomes clear and undisguised. Make the smallest distinction, however, and heaven and earth are set infinitely apart. Now what's heaven? Isn't heaven just another name for space? And tell me, is the earth ever apart from space? Can it ever be apart from space? Can it ever be outside of space? So you see, even though we make these seeming distinctions, they can't be separated. Only in appearance. And so many things we take to be separate. Can day be separated from night? Ever. And can that space be divided? Does the idea, it's only the concept or idea of darkness that seemingly divides space. But is space ever dark in the first place? Does it have any colour? Is it ever light? Again, does it have any colour? So it must only be seemingly divided into day and night. Can you say yesterday's sky or today's sky? How are you going to differentiate it? Many things appear to be quite different. But when you look into them, you see that they're not. People say, I was sitting out in the sun. Has anybody ever sat in the sun? Wouldn't last very long if you did. Sit in the sunlight. Then we say it was a moonlight night. Has the moon ever had any light at any time? Whereas the light just reflected through it. Another one we use is the blue sea. Has the water in the sea ever been blue? And the water in a mirage. Has there ever been water in a mirage? Has the mirage ever had any substance of its own that can stand apart from space also? All these appearances are going on and we've taken them to be separate and when you look into them you see they're really not. Only seem to. So this concept of separation which is seeming is such a big one for us we think we've got to see everything as one and it seems now I look around and I see separation all around me. And the same way you look into those other things and they can be broken down, you see the truth of it. You can look into this separation that's appearing to be in this room right now. And is it really anything other than the seeing? Can you separate the sight from the seeing? The content from the seeing? And you realise you can't. We're just translating the appearances in the saying, in the different concepts, the different words. 
I'm giving them some sense of reality and they appear to be separate. Just like the mirror. Can you separate the reflections out of the mirror? And when you go up close to the mirror, can you actually find a reflection in the mirror? Or is it just an appearance? All well, you can grasp is the mirror. And the mirror, if you look at it, seems to have depth, seems to have height, seems to have all the different things. And when you look at them, they say that they're no more than reflections. So it's really a matter of looking in, investigating some of these beliefs we've taken on board. That we are separate entities, we're individuals, we're persons. When that sense of separation comes about, the belief in the sense of separation, you realise that's the only time any problems can take place. While it's, when it's divided into me and the other. Or me and mine. And most of the scriptural texts will tell you that. Me and mine is a big problem. Looking at it, you see it all breaks down. And we look at this body. It's seemingly made up of separate parts. Eyes, ears, nose, lungs, liver, heart, veins, arteries, God knows what. But are they actually separate? Aren't the same cells patterning, shaping and forming into every different part? And the way this body is patterning, shaping and forming, don't they say in the microcosm, so it is in the macrocosm? And this body is patterning, shaping and forming just the same as the universe. It's all the one essence. Separation or dualism creates a problem. Creates the belief of me and other than me. And since that belief is there, that there is other than me, isn't there a feeling or a sense of separation that you are apart from the other? And in that belief, and the idea and concept of separation, and you are apart from the other, isn't there that sense of insecurity that comes about with that, of vulnerability? you feel very, very insecure and vulnerable about the other. And the fear that the other can do some damage, can do some harm. And so I've got to be very wary of it, careful of it. And to be wary and careful means there's going to be a lot of resistance toward it. And we need to realise that any resistance is conflict. And conflict is disease. A hell of a lot of suffering and disease in this manifestation. And that word disease, if you break it down, it means we're not at ease. We're uneasy. Not happy and contented. We're uneasy, it's disease. 
and that will and seemingly does manifest as disease in the body and certainly in the mind there is a lot of disease look at all the psychological problems that are going on in these human patterns, so called human patterns and human form and we all know what they're like I certainly do there's a hell of a lot going on here at that stage very desperate situation life didn't seem worth living or worthwhile and especially the sense of separation from the other there was a hatred of most of it dirty on it a resentful against it all possibly could have done a lot of damage and did do a certain amount to a certain extent when I was capable of that stage. The important thing is that it doesn't happen today and it hasn't happened for many, many years. And that's the point we try to point out all this psychological suffering that's going on it doesn't have to be that way and it won't be that way if that rift or seeming rift in this with the sense of separation is seen through and sees not so what can be a problem if you're not separate from it who can have a problem if there's no one separate to have it. Who or what can suffer? And when you look into it closer you'll see it's only the separate entity, the belief in the separate entity, me, that's ever suffered. It's only me that's been fearful. It's only me that's anxious. It's only me that's full of self-pity or resentment. This me that I'm talking about, when I look at it closely and see it's a conceptualised image based upon past events, conditioning, things that have happened, believed in, and have been added on to this I thought. And that's all that I is, is a thought. The thought I am is not what we are. It's only a thought.
You've been listening to the Urban Guru Cafe. The Urban Guru Cafe is produced in Australia.